Welcome to We Be Watching, where we break down our favorite and sometimes not so favorite films and TV shows. I'm Brittany Danielle, writer, pop cultural critic, and proud comic book normie. <laughs> I'm Raja, as you all know, and this uh, episode, I am a voodoo child. So we'll get into that later. I hope so, because he's been singing my ear off with these fake uh, voodoo child songs. But today we are here to talk about episode four. Episode four of WandaVision. We interrupt this program. Before we break it all down, remember, we are getting into all of the spoilers. So if you have not watched episodes one through four, if you have not watched the whole season so far... We are talking about it all. We are spoiling it all. And we might even throw in a few comic book references thanks to Raja's uh, supreme knowledge of comic books. I wouldn't say supreme, but yeah, you know. Remember, if you would like to join us on this conversation after you listen to the podcast, you can meet us over on Instagram and Twitter at We Be Watching Pod. Once again, that's at We Be Watching Pod. You can also send us your feedback, questions, whatever, comments, jewels, theories. Yes, theories over at We Be Watching Pod at gmail.com. We are available on multiple podcast platforms. So, no matter what podcast platform you're on, listen, subscribe, tell your friends about us, and give us that good five star rating on Apple. So, let's get into it, Raja. Actually, I want to go first. Yeah. What are your first impressions of this episode? Yeah, so for me, my first impression was we finally got the answer, Sway, or some of the answers. We finally got some of the answers, right? So this episode four is the first time we're out of the Westview bubble and we kind of see like what led up to the first three episodes. So I was really excited to get some of the story outside of WandaVision, the sitcom. And th- those were my first reaction. I was so happy that this was not one of the WandaVision sitcom episodes, even though I've been enjoying those. But I think all of the fandom, particularly those people like me who are not like super Marvel nerds, this was a good episode to ground us in the world and uh, and give us the juice to keep going. What about you? <laughs> yeah, actually, I thought this episode was rightfully needed. Um, I figured that there would be something like this being that we left off with Monica being exited out stage left of the, uh, that little, that reality or whatever. So I was kind of, you know, excited for it when it started. I was like, oh, wow, this is like the real world being that you can tell just from the cinematography that is being used. We're not, you know, in the nostalgic sitcom 50s, 60s or 70s era style, uh, reality that we've previously seen in the last three episodes. So yeah, I mean, a lot of different movies and productions do that where you have the, the view or perspective of what's going on from the opposite side, you know, like with loss, you have the person on the ground looking up at the plane. Also there, you know, there's other references, like even in what Lord of the Rings, I think they had like a, the Gandalf perspective at one point in one of the movies and this and that, which kind of um, showed what was going on from that point of view. So this was definitely a, um, this was one of the better episodes actually being that, or we get some, some questions answered, which is what we've, all been waiting for 
with all the theories, all the questions, all the ideas and this and that, we get some of those things solidified into how things came about from a certain point of view. And we have tie-ins to the the larger the Marvel Cinematic Universe with things that have gone on, you know, prior to all of, you know, this this series. So I was definitely excited to to see all of this getting Basically, context is what, what I'm saying. Context was definitely something that we, we gained from this episode. Certainly. And uh, I just want to give a disclaimer. Um, y'all know we're in a pandemic. Y'all know we are broadcasting live from our, res- <laughs> our respective homes. I have a very active teenager in the background battling somebody on Xbox. So if you hear yelling and screaming... <laughs> Just ignore it. It's him. I ignore it all the time. But before we get into sort of um, a scene by scene breakdown of the show, I wrote a very quick synopsis of episode four titled We Interrupt This Program. Here we go. Monica, Monica, Monica. Monica returns after being snapped away by Thanos and snapped back by the Hulk, as we saw in Endgame. But her world is turned upside down. Her mother is dead. And Monica's been gone for five years, but she's ready to get back to work at SWORD. At SWORD headquarters, Monica is placed on terrestrial duty, which means she'll be earthbound until further notice. She's assigned to help the FBI find a missing person, but gets sucked into Westview instead and Wanda's orbit, which does not end well. But by the end of the episode, it's clear Wanda is running things. She's she's the big <laughs> boss so far. And she wants to remain in Westview, but why? All right, that's my synopsis. This week, we don't have a commercial break because, as Raja said, we're outside of the WandaVision sitcom. And I really enjoyed it. So so let's just kick it off from the beginning. Yes, let's, let's get in, unpack this. I'm ready. Let's start at the top. So Monica materializes after the snap. So I was really interesting that, that, that we were starting there because that grounds us in a particular time period, even though, in my opinion, the timeline is still a little shady considering... <laughs> The, the far from home Spider-Man timeline. But Wanda comes back after the slap, the snap, and we learn the that slap. she's been <laughs> the slap and the snap. Because she, she got slapped out of Westview <laughs> and she got snapped out of the world. So she comes back after the double S. After being away for five years, she snapped into her mom's hospital room and... In a, in a very frantic and chaotic scene, she learns that her mom actually passed away three years ago. And it, it takes a minute for her to realize what's happening. Yeah, I thought the opening was actually very, uh, what's the word? It encapsulated what you would think would occur with such an event. Um, up until this point, we've seen like just all the good things, you know, with Spider-Man and all of them, like everyone coming back. But the chaos actually that that would ensue from people being snapped away and then people who are left figuring out that, oh, my God, my loved ones are gone. But then that other the opposite side of it was when people come back, you know, and it's just like, oh, like, you know, because it wasn't expected. First of all, in just the regular the regular world, it's not as if the Avengers told the world like, yo, we're going to get everybody back, you know. So with that happening instantaneously, you have a frenzy. Uh, Monica, you know, she snaps right back in. Basically, well, they're calling it the blip. So I guess we'll stick with the blip. Nah, I'm still calling it the snap because we actually saw Thanos and the Hulk snap. So I'm calling it the snap. 
Right, right, right. So, you know, she's, I guess she, she was, you know, basically in the hospital with her mom who had cancer and her mom was being released. And then, you know, at an instant she snapped away. So with that five year period of lost time, we see that, or it's revealed that Monica's mom, Maria, in that time frame, of course, she has to live with the fact that her daughter is gone, which is, you know, a very traumatic experience for anyone, for anyone who's lost somebody without any type of explanation, really. So then she goes on and she, or it's revealed that she establishes sword, you know, but we'll get to that in a moment. Before we get to the whole Monica and et cetera, I do want to kind of talk a little bit about this time period. Um, Like I said, in my initial reaction, I was um, thankful that we were grounded in some sort of like concrete reality, which I guess is 2023. I'm bad at math, but apparently that's what Raja and the internet told me. We are in 2023 (laughs) Right. right now in WandaVision, but I'm having a difficult time sorting out where we are with Monica being gone five years and seeing Spider-Man Far From Home, which I really enjoyed, but knowing that they weren't gone five years. So I'm wondering, like, what is happening here? Are we in a different multiverse? Is time not the same everywhere? Because Monica's been gone five years and these kids got snapped out of high school and they got snapped back into high school. They clearly weren't gone five years. So what do you think is happening here? Well, they actually were. Um, it was a five-year period uh, with Spider-Man Far From Home. The kids who were younger than Peter and Homeboy and MJ, those are the ones who are seniors now, or they're the ones who are older now. I thought it was their classmates. Some of them, well, I'm not sure how their breakdown of school was, but I do know that those were younger kids that they knew or that they were older than you know, I guess within their school system. And, you know, when they come back, these kids are already, they're, they're ahead of them, you know? So that is an actual thing. That was a five-year, five-year uh, yeah, difference. Yeah, I still... I mean, you can just again, go back and I, watch. I'm, I'm not the Marvel head, but I'm I'm going to say that there is a little slipperiness with this timeline about who was snapped back first, <laughs> snap back, who was snapped back first, if they're all snapped back on the same timeline i know everyone was snapped back but like were they all snapped back simultaneously were there yes. rolling snapbacks no. um <laughs> for lack of a better word we can actually go back and um and watch it and it'll you know you'll you'll see it happen because it shows like everyone comes back at once and we'll see that the younger kids when peter and his other friends are interacting with them they're like you were just a little snot nose you know, before I left and now you're, you know, all grown up. So those kids that they're talking about actually go back into high school because they never, no one ever aged, no one ever aged or the people who snap never aged. That's why when she talks to the acting director, he's like, Oh, looks like you never aged. And she's like, yeah, you look old as hell. I mean, but she's also black and he's a old white man. So black don't crack, right? Uh, properly moisturized and hydrated black don't crack and white dudes regularly crack. So that didn't mean anything to me, but I get it. I get it. Sure. We'll go with they're on the right timeline, even though in Endgame, they were playing fast and loose with timelines, but I'll concede, sure, five years have passed. Yeah. So um, 
And we see her, you know, in the frantic hospital, everyone, people are like materializing in front of her. She actually notices that she kind of materializes or the end of her materialization. She notices that as she wakes up, um, being that she pretty much thinks that she's just been sleeping. Like she just slept for like 20 minutes or something like that, which, yeah, no, it's been like five years. Um, She's walking down to the hallway. Everyone's running around. People are trying to figure out what's going on. People don't know nothing at this point in time. Um, You just see dust forming into people, basically. Um, She's looking for her mom. She's asking around, like, where's, you know, Maria Rambeau? The doctor or the surgeon, I guess, approaches her. She's like, oh, my God, you're you're back. And, you know, Monica is asking about her mom. And she's like, oh, your your mom passed like three years ago. <laughs> and she was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? And she was like, I've only been asleep for 20 minutes. She was supposed to be discharged and this and that. And she's like, nah, before you. Um, and she was like, before what? You know, and she basically told her, like, before, you know, everyone was snapped away or blipped away, whatever you want to call it. She got blipped away. Her mom got discharged. And then two years later, she she's not in remission anymore. And then she passes away. So then another three years passes. Monica, basically, you know, everything is undone. Everybody comes back. And now she's in the hospital still from where she basically got snapped from and coming to the realization that her mom has passed in that, you know, five-year period. I mean, it doesn't really show a lot of, I should say, it doesn't go into depth being that these episodes are are so short. So of course we have to move it right along into the next scenes where Monica, basically she's, she's, you know, back in, back to work. So it seems as if she was actually already working for S.W.O.R.D. at that point in time. So uh, we pick up there, but yeah, it's very, very tragic moment you know when you when you think about it so we also see the sign when she's walking into or the the pan out of the sword building where on one of the monikers it's like oh family being brought back together this and that it's just like yeah not for everyone though right and like a a a true writer slash superhero that monica is that we know her to be in the comic books that hopefully she will be in wandavision she goes directly from the hospital pretty much where she finds out all this information to her former job as sword probably trying to figure out even more information and of course it's been five years since she got snapped away so her badge doesn't work she's trying to get into the office but she happens to run into the acting director who ushers her upstairs and then tells her like hey girl hey happy to have you back so sorry about your mom but you're benched. Like they actually use the word grounded. She's grounded, which has a double meaning because her mother is the one who put these procedures in place for, for any agent who comes back after the snap. And he was like, it's good because she had faith that you would return, but she's also grounded because she can't go into space, which is where she normally, you know, flies into. Right. So that's also indicative of what sword was doing um, at that point in time, when it comes to, you know, the actual acronym for the name was switched up. So instead of um, the W meaning world, we see that it means weapon now, which meant that they were monitoring sentient worlds instead of sentient weapons. And that would mean that whoever the astronauts were, um, they were off in space, you know, doing whatever it is that they do to monitor and, you know, record different things. And Monica mentions that, right? Like correct, when the, the director dude is like trying to 
quickly catch her up and she's like, oh, I see the name has changed. Right. And he's like, yeah, there are a lot of threats out there. And she was like, yes, and a lot of allies. So I think that's a good kind of clue for us to hang our hat on. Like, okay, they're not just threats in space. We know that if the Marvel Cinematic Universe of which this show apparently falls into and they're building off the information we've seen in the movies that means we're going to get at some point maybe in wandavision maybe in doctor strange 2 we'll get some of these space allies that we saw you know previously like gardens of the galaxy they were somewhat allies um we've we've seen glimpses of even in the captain marvel movie they made the kree uh out to be actually like oppressed people and allies so the scrolls the scrolls my bad the scrolls the scrolls are notoriously villains first of all and they flipped it around so i don't know if they're there if that's like a trojan horse type of thing or not but in the movie of course they showed them as uh, refugees and they needed help whereas the kree were more, you know, kind of demonized with certain certain things that they 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 did. And Monica knows these things, being that she saw Carol Danvers when she was younger, like literally fly away in front of her. So, you know, I guess that would be the so-called inspiration for her path in life, which whatever. Carol Danvers in the movies. And I think like for those people who are listening, I was, you know, interacting with somebody on Twitter and they were like, oh my God, Monica's mom was Captain Marvel's BFF. And I'm like, well, yes and no. And shout out to Raja for putting me up on game about how that is. Yes and no. Like in the MCU, uh, Monica's mom, Maria is BFFs with Carol Danvers, AKA Captain Marvel. But in the comic books, um, Monica is Captain Marvel and Maria is not a fighter pilot. She is a seamstress who does not want her daughter to be involved whatsoever with the Avengers. But here we are. Right. She's a little hesitant and this and that once it's revealed that she does have powers. So, you know, there's some appearances with with her mom and some interaction with her mom, but we don't really see a lot of her. And from what I understand, she's not even uh, she hasn't passed away, I guess, in the in the comic books. So, you know, but you got to change up, I guess, some things um, in order to make the end game haha, um, seem relevant. So with like, you know, her mom's uh, nickname being Photon, which is actually one of the aliases of Monica Rambeau, you know, you can just expect her to take that that moniker as her superhero name too. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we get to see a full or mm, somewhat full or kind of high powered, I'll say, because I don't think we'll get full powered Monica Rambeau considering her trajectory in the comic books where she is Captain Marvel, but maybe we will get high powered Monica Rambeau (laughs) in WandaVision. And I'm excited about that. But before, you know, I don't want to get too far into the weeds So when Monica gets back to S.W.O.R.D., she connects with her mom's old friend, who's now the acting director of S.W.O.R.D. He tells her she's earthbound, but she can help out on this case with the FBI, which is a missing persons case, which seems way below her experience and I'm assuming pay grade. Okay. (laughs) Right, right. Captain Rambo. So why should we be helping out on a random missing persons case is beneath her but she's eager to get back into the field so she drives out to uh new jersey she drives to 
a space called Westview, New Jersey. And also just to point out the whole New Jersey aspect of it, uh, that is where the Avengers were were based, basically. So it's kind of all, you know, connected, being that the um, headquarters and all of that was in New Jersey. And there were things that were going on in New Jersey, just, you know, from the MCU. So it's it's um, definitely confirming the area, I should say. Yeah. So when she gets to Westview, New Jersey, she's met with our, our Jimmy friend Woo. from the MCU, <laughs> our friend from the MCU, Jimmy Woo. Woo, woo, woo. And a couple of New Jersey cops from Eastview, or maybe they're state troopers. I would have to go back and look to see if they're state uh, troopers. They were uh, sheriffs. Sheriffs. So she's met with a couple of sheriffs and Jimmy Woo, and she asks about this missing person that they're there to investigate. And Jimmy tells her that not only is the person missing, none of his friends and family have even heard about this person. And, you know, I guess this person went into Westview, but the sheriff's deputies who are there said there is no such town called Westview. And when Monica asked where they're from, they said, we're from Eastview. They ain't no Westview. And so Jimmy deduces that not only is this person missing, but the whole town is missing. And then, you know, they realize that there's some sort of force field around Westview preventing um, people from going in. And that's when Monica gets the bright idea to like pop out the the electronics, the tools. She gets a, a nice little drone together, helicopter drone, flies it in, it disappears. And then she really gets curious. Right. So the fact that the sheriffs don't even realize that there is a Westview sign posted right on the side of the road where they're saying there is no Westview. And Monica even elusive that when she asks them where they're from, and they're like Eastview, and she's like, and she looks at the sign, and then looks back at them, and it's just like, okay. So for me, it seems as if there are definitely some forces, you know, both that are inside the bubble and forces outside that are preventing people from basically interacting with whatever it is that's going on in Westview, being that supposedly Westview doesn't even exist at this point, but we know that it does. Um, you know, and like Brittany said, the gadgets get pulled out with the drone, fly it in, and which is what the the in what episode one, Wanda finds the episode um, two. Episode, episode two. two, yeah, yeah, she finds the uh, the helicopter in the bushes in color, but it was transformed basically from the original, you know, look of the drone into some old school helicopter style thing, which means that. You know, things that enter, they definitely get transformed to fit with the time frame or timeline that's going on on the inside. As Jimmy says, production design, right? Because right, right, in, right. in WandaVision, the show inside the show that we're all watching, it's a sitcom. So things get altered to match the production. But I think the interesting thing is... When they find the picture of the sort of vintage helicopter that we can assume is the helicopter that Monica flew into to the Westview bubble, they ask like, oh, why did you colorize it? And the agent says we didn't colorize it. So I think there are still these things that poke through as we see, as we've been saying over these last 
three weeks about people glitching in the bubble and right. these little things that come into the bubble that Wanda seemingly can't control. She can c- control a lot of it, but she can't control all of it. And so that's why we have these little things like Dottie glitching in the bubble or the hearts glitching in the bubble or my man, Herbert Sherbert randomly, <laughs> randomly cutting <laughs> the concrete fence instead of his hedges and almost spilling the beans is because Wanda, as we learn at the end of the episode, Wanda seems to definitely be controlling right. the nuts and bolts of this reality, but she can't control all of it. Right. I would say she's, she's probably maybe like 85 to 90% in control of what's going on because they're, they're, it seems like I said on the outside with the sheriffs, there is some force that could possibly be manipulating the situation as we're, or trying to exploit it in, you know, to take advantage of what, what, uh, Wanda could possibly give them, I guess you can say, which could boil down to the children. Um, and I'm thinking that is exactly what's going to happen, being that that's the only plot device that we have at this point is her kids. For the children. Right. And it always, you know, the things that allude to that in the previous episodes, you know, with the basically the cult aspect of them chanting for the children and the focus on the children, the pregnancy that just happened to occur fast. So I don't know if she was actually control of in control of her children or her pregnancy being, you know, so, so quick. So it could be definitely some, the actual villain or, you know, whoever, you know, is, is out there playing a, a huge role and basically setting up a chessboard to get whatever it is that they want and using Wanda as a pawn really in her despair and her denial of events that have occurred, which, you know, could possibly be some Hydra type of stuff. Um, it could be some uh, some other, you know, Agnes, a, another sentient type of being. Um, a lot of people have been alluding to Mephisto, being that he is uh, presumably the devil in the comic books, and he played a huge part when it came to Wanda and her children. And basically, those children were shards of his of his soul, <laughs> which. Uh, means that Wanda's children weren't even hers. So, you know, I guess we'll definitely see what's going to transpire. Hold on. So the the children are shards of his soul. I just want to acknowledge for people like me who don't know who Mephisto is and don't know all of the comic book backstories that this is weird, but we're here for the ride. And also Wanda, as we talked about in previous episodes, you have said on this podcast, she has the ability to create life. So she could just be creating these twins and this life because Vision is an android. He may or may not be dead, as we'll talk about a little bit later. But he certainly can't produce human children under any sort of conventional wisdom. And so whether it's this Mephisto character, which I'm curious to hear more about, or if it's Wanda still creating and manipulating this reality to now bring these children to life, to have this normal relationship with vision. I think it remains to be seen clearly, but shout out to, uh, you know, Disney plus and the creators for giving us episode four to help us get our bearings straight, but go ahead with what you're going to say. Yeah. So um, as we see with her, you know, with her pregnancy, it doesn't seem being that whenever she's using her powers, she's actively 
using them. You know, um, we don't see any of that when it comes to her being pregnant at all. So it could possibly be that there is definitely an outside force or some type of force that is using her and the way that she can manipulate reality into bringing something into reality that they want manifested in order to use for themselves, which could be her children being that, you know, like I said, the pregnancy was was kind of thrusted upon her being that it occurred. She, you know, it was accelerated and this and that. And I would say if I was in Wanda's shoes and that's something that I wanted, I would want being that she wants to experience all these things, you know, to experience it at an accelerated uh, pace would kind of take away from the meaning of it. Well, but we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll see how that plays out uh, when it comes to the children and what is actually going on. I'll say to this, we also don't see her doing anything to vision, but I, I won't speak for you. I believe she's doing something to vision. Like we don't see her actively doing anything to vision to bring about this quote, normal reality. But I think she is, especially from what we see toward the end of this episode where she pictures him with his, you know, missing stone head and, and bashed in and like pretty much dead man walking. So I, I do think with with the color changes too. With the color changes, so he's like pale. He's like dead vision. Right. Um. Shout out. Shout out to your boy Will. He's DV dead vision. And so, I do think that just because we don't see her wielding her hands and her Scarlet Witch uh skills doesn't mean that she's not also controlling certain things on the back end. Mm-hmm. Well, I think being that she. Of course, if it, if there, you know, there's another entity tapping into, you know, her wants and this and that, they would they would know that's something that that is that is what she wants. Therefore, manipulate her into creating, you know, life for their purposes. Maybe it's Agnes. Yeah, of course. When when it comes to Agnes, we haven't seen her her husband, who could possibly be this missing person. You know, when she said she, you know, they got together on June second. That is the actual date of the Salem witch trials, which confirms Agnes is a witch. Correct. Um, Which could be the segue into basically, you know, she's about to be burned at the stake. She's asking, you know, for anything and everything to assist her. And then she get she becomes a witch by, you know, the devil or whoever basically strikes a deal. And then that creates a, a union between the two. So that could be. That could be a thing. Um, moving the the episode along, we see Monica being sucked into Westview, yeah. uh, despite Jimmy Woo telling her to like chill, Monica, chill, be careful, be careful. She can't help herself, and she gets sucked in, which kind of answers one of our questions about like why she was there in the first place. Right? She inadvertently got sucked in. But I do think she was also playing a part when she got sucked in. I don't think she forgot, you know, who she was in that in that first moment. I don't know why she was wearing that sword necklace in her last moment, but I do think like I she know. went in with a particular way and she came out a different way. Go, you said you know why she's wearing a sword necklace because she had her badge on. Exactly, those who pop in, it changes to fit the uh, the time. 
the time frame or whatever. The aesthetic. The aesthetic. So the badge turned into a necklace. The, you know, her outfit turned into some 70s looking garb. Actually, some 60s looking garb because she came in season episode two. So well, she yeah, first yeah. came in right, right. dressed in the 60s, but we don't see her necklace. So, like, is it just underneath her clothes at that point? It's quite possible, you know, being that she was, like, fully, you know, head to toe, basically dressed. Like, her, her dress and I think uh, maybe her jacket that she had on the light jacket, it all went all the way up. So, And maybe in the 60s, in, six, in the 60s, um, Monica was more cognizant of the fact that she was a sword agent and she was undercover. But when they switched to the seventies, who knows how long she had been in this reality and how much, how much it had overtaken her so that she was really like, yeah, uh, Wanda's my home girl now and I'm gonna help her deliver these kids. And then when Wanda starts to mention things outside of that reality, that is when, as we talked about before, that's when Monica kind of like snaps out and mentions Ultron and then gets the boot because she realizes like, oh, wait a minute. I mentioned something that's not a part of this particular world. I'm not too sure if, you know, I don't I don't think these people are actually cognizant of what's going on unless uh, there's some type of mishap and Wanda's focus is drawn away. I don't know. I, I do think Monica is cognizant when she first goes in because she first goes in and then we see her like reading the newspaper on the bench and whatever. And Darcy, we haven't talked about that aspect, how um, S.H.I.E.L.D. brought in all these experts to try to figure out what's going on. Where did Monica go? What's, what's this Westview bubble situation? So we see like Darcy Lewis from the Thor movies. We see Obviously, Jimmy Woo, we see some other people who are brought in to try to figure it all out. But I do think when Monica first goes in, I I feel like she knows who she is when she first goes in. And then after being there a while, everybody starts to play a role, right? Um, Then it becomes Monica Rambeau as Geraldine (laughs) versus Monica Rambeau in this alternate reality. And so I do think she starts to play a role. And and when um, Wanda has that moment where she slips out of her role. um, Or control. Yeah. When Wanda slips out of her like controlled reality and starts talking about Pietro and singing this song in her Sarkovian language, which we never hear, even though in episode one, Vision is like, oh, she's European, but she doesn't sound European. Like he's the one with the accent. Right. I think that's that kind of triggers like a moment of realization for Geraldine slash Monica. Like, oh, no, I know what's happening here. Like your brother was killed by Ultron. I'm the sword agent. And then at that moment, she tries to like go back undercover which what she had in the beginning and it just doesn't work. I'm not too sold on that aspect, but just like when she realized that Wanda was speaking of her brother and she brings up Ultron, like I said, in the last episode, it seemed as if she came to a realization at that point in time. So she kind of snapped out of whatever the trance was, but yeah, going in, I think, yeah, possibly she, she does know. I don't know if it instantly, transforms you into you know a drone or this and that but we do see that when things cross over from the normal reality into that reality you know their change their their clothes change um to fit 
the aesthetics of that time frame. So I would theorize that their mental state also is altered at that point in time as well, being that whatever goes in has to fit in to the aesthetics and into what's going on. So when those moments happen where Wanda is not as focused as she generally would be, it's almost as if everything is playing in the background in her head, which kind of keeps things in control. But then when she starts to focus on certain certain moments that occur that can be mishaps, that's when people kind of like wake up and snap out and understand like, oh my God, there's, there's something going wrong here, you know? And I think that's what occurred. Well, you know, it seems as if that's what occurred when Geraldine, you know, said what she said about Ultron and this and that, which of course ultimately got her booted out being that she wasn't even, you know, trespassing. You ain't supposed to be here in the first place. Outside of that, well, we see, like uh, Brittany said, that once Monica is sucked in to the bubble, we see S.W.O.R.D. and other other agencies basically setting up outside of the area, trying to figure out what is going on. Um, we're introduced to Darcy, Darcy Lewis, who um, was in Thor 1 and 2. So she kind of had his experience when it comes to traveling from dimensions and this and that, which at first she was a political science major. And was just interning with uh, Eric, the professor, at that point in time in Jane Foster. So now we see that she is a doctor, Dr. Lewis, to be exact, and she is an astrophysicist. So that's a huge transition from political science to becoming an astrophysicist. I was, you know, very excited to see her. Her, I guess you could say personality is definitely she's witty. You know, she has a little snapbacks or comebacks and this and that. And I thought that her and Jimmy Woo's um, interactions were definitely good to see. And possibly there might be some romance between them. Who knows? Um, I like to see that interaction. And um, on top of that, like she's the one who figured out kind of what was what was happening with her machinery (laughs) and her instruments and this and that. So she's the one who she picks up the cosmic microwave background radiation. I took notes. Boom. So, which is also radiation that we see when Thanos did his snap and used the used the um the infinity gauntlet, that type of radiation also was present, I should say. So she figures Cat, not Cat Dennings, but her character, um, Darcy, Dr. Lewis, um, she figures this out. Um, she notices that there is a transmission. That's going on. She gets a older TV brought to her. And then basically she's tuning into the show just as we are, um, you know, and she's monitoring while all the other people are trying to, you know, get answers in this and that. And then they hear the actual TV show going on. Tyler, the uh, acting director, basically is like, where is this coming from? So they go over to where she's at and he's like, is this real? Is this in real time? Da, 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 da. And she's like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. <laughs> you know? So they still don't really know anything, but they're kind of getting right. some type of um, it's almost like us, basically, you know, so we're, we're getting little pieces. They're watching. We're watching. We're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure it out. It's almost like Inception, I guess you can say. So you have a reality. You have us watching both realities um, while one reality is watching the other reality. And this and that. So it's just a big, you know, it's an ode to the fact that I think Marvel 
definitely did this on purpose to recognize that, yes, there's going to be questions. Even when Jimmy Woo says the, uh, so the universe uh, created a 60s or 50s sitcom with two Avengers, you know, and and she's like, I guess that's my running theory, you know, so it, it plays to that, the fact that, of course, we are looking at it like, you know, why is this even a sitcom? or in this format and this and that. So they're all figuring trying to figure the things out that we're trying to figure out. So I think again, that was one of the things that I really appreciated about this episode. Like I said, last episode, um, some people that, you know, I'm on Twitter, holler at me at Brittany D writes and on at we be watching pod. Like some people, when I'm talking about the show, who are like me, casual Marvel viewers. We saw the MCU movies. We probably haven't read the comic books. A lot of people were like, wow, this show is boring. It's slow. I don't understand what's happening here. This was a good episode for everybody to sort of like, hey, we know you have these questions. Right. Um, and we're going to put these two characters in this episode. So you, so they actually verbalize the questions that you have. Right, like there's a right. moment when they realize it's a TV show. Wanda and Vision is a sitcom when Darcy's watching it. And then they try to figure out who the cast is. So they're like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Hart is Todd and Sharon Davis. Norm is Abelash Tandon. Abelash. I think that's how you say it. Um, Herbert Sherbert, his name is John Collins. Like he's a quote, an actor named John Collins. Phil Jones, his name is Cheryl Proctor. And Beverly, her, she's Isabel Matsueda. One of the most interesting things is they go through all of these other people in the show, but they don't identify Agnes. Or Dottie. Or Dottie. They don't say who Agnes and Dottie are playing because they have like Dottie's husband, Phil Jones. They right. said he's, you know, Cheryl Proctor or whatever. And he has an alias named Sit Ahmet. And I was trying to Google that and I didn't get anything. So he's a communist. If that means anything <laughs> to anybody in our audience, hit us up at webewatchingpod at gmail.com. But you know, you have um, Darcy and Jimmy trying to piece together like what exactly this is. And I think that they are a really dope stand in for the audience. I think um, because Disney Plus was releasing this week to week versus binging it all at once to kind of give us all the puzzle pieces at one time. I think they knew that people needed like, OK, <laughs> let's ground you in some sort of, quote, reality here. Let's, let's, let's throw outside. them out into the water and then reel them back in basically. Yeah. Let's, let's ground you in a reality outside of WandaVision, the sitcom where you have all these questions about is vision alive? Is Wanda controlling this? What exactly is happening? And to see these characters basically write down the same information. Like at one point when they're trying to figure out who is in this quote, WandaVision cast, uh, Jimmy is also writing a list of questions. And, right, right. and what he writes is a lot of the stuff that, We've been asking on this podcast right. a lot of stuff that people have been asking in the conversation about WandaVision. But what he writes is, why hexagonal shape? Why sitcoms? Same time and space? Is Vision alive? Right? So right. those are like the main questions that, given episode four, I think we will get answered at some point during the season. Because we have five more episodes to try to get these answers. And if we don't get answers to all of them, I do think we'll get answers to at least some of them, particularly why is it calm? And hopefully is vision alive, which given what happens toward the end of this episode, I don't think he is, but maybe yeah. that's just me. Actually, uh, 
what's his name, that plays Vision, kind of came out and didn't say that Vision is actually dead, but what he did allude to was there was a scene that was taken out, I believe, at the end of Endgame where it has Wanda um, unzipping a body bag. So that scene was taken out, which, you know, definitely depicts Vision is dead, which could if it was included, be the reason why we have all of these things going on mm-hmm. just from her, you know, her sorrow and her, her mourning, grief. her grief. So, you know, and we, we know that these are issues that she's going through. You know, it manifests when she brings up her brother. Right. Towards the end, they show what actually happens to Monica Rambeau in the bubble. And from the end of episode three, we don't we don't see that, but it does pay off. They actually show what happens in this, this episode. episode four. Before we get to that also, I just want to say shout out to Paul Bettany. I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah, Paul Bettany. Who who plays Vision. Um, my bad, dog. I said you had a generic white man face, which you do, but you're doing a hell of a job as an android and a generic white man. So shout out to you. <laughs> I guess, but um, like we've explained, the questions that they have are the same questions that the us, the audience, has. And in turn, they are also an audience where we see Jimmy Woo and Dr. Lewis, you know, watching the sitcom and they're they're like invested, you know. They're they're eating snacks, you know, and you know, really watching it's and, a show. Yeah, it's they're almost it's almost show. like a like a like a soap opera basically. You know, and they're they're invested and they, they also have reactions to what's going on as, as well. We also see the whole beekeeper thing it was one of the agents who was actually in a hazmat suit um, going underground. He had a tether on him. Um, I think this is another this is another place where we see that maybe it's Wanda or the set design. Right. Like this is another place where we see how things are altered like from how they go into the to the Westview bubble right, right, right. versus how they actually look like he's right. going in. And as soon as he crosses into that barrier, his sort of um, what his tether, his, tether snaps his, off and his string snaps the, off the and suit. it's a jump rope. Right. It's an old school jump rope. Right. It's not even like with the, a with the two the two tone colors actually. Yeah, it's an old school jump rope. And if you jump in one of them jump ropes and you get popped, those things hurt. And so it's like another example of the whole like when Monica flies that high tech drone in there, it comes out or it looks like in the Westview bubble, like an old school like helicopter. Right, right. And so I think it's Darcy who asked, like, oh, why does this happen? And then Jimmy is like, set design. Right. And so I think it's another example of how Wanda is controlling the things that are happening in this particular bubble. She may not be the only person controlling it, because I do feel like Agnes plays a role. Oh, yeah. um, Yeah, definitely. Given what she did to my guy, Herbert Sherbert, last episode when she silenced him. And the fact that of all the cast members we saw get identified in this episode of, quote, WandaVision, the sitcom, uh, Agnes was not one of them. Right. And so I took particular note that, like, they didn't know who she was or they didn't figure out who she was, even though she was very prominent in the first three episodes of, quote, WandaVision, the sitcom. They still didn't know who she was and they were able to easily identify everybody else except for 
Agnes and Dottie, which now I'm a I'm a Google up Dottie and see what's up with her. But yeah, I think it's I think the beekeeper and all of that is just indicative of the control that Wanda has over this particular reality. Right. I think there are definitely some set protocols or or parameters in her mind that automatically make things turn into the set design that she would like for that era. Um, so when you do cross over it, you know, it just triggers an automatic uh, change when you pierce the veil, basically. Agnes, like we were talking about, she was not identified. Um, also, if it is to say that she is Agatha Harkness, then she's immortal and, you know, she probably doesn't want to be found <laughs> being that she's a witch. So she would not have been like registered in any type of database or anything of that nature as we see what uh, happened during Civil War where, you know, they were trying to register superheroes and this and that so um that could be the reason why she's not you know on their on the radar and we also see in this episode when they're when they're identifying other people like herbert like tom like the hearts uh like norm they have id cards like they are people they're actually somewhere they're (laughs) they're people outside of westview they're missing people yes they're missing people whereas agatha if she is, which I believe she is, Agatha Harkness, the witch who's lived for hundreds of years, she wouldn't have a driver's license, right? Like, Right. There would be no need. <laughs> right. there, She wouldn't be one of those people that are easily like, oh, here's Herbert, also known as John Collins. Like, no, she's Agatha, known as Agatha Harkness, a witch who was <laughs> supposed to be burned at the stake or whatever back right. in the 1800s. But June 2nd. June 2nd. Um. So this episode kind of leads us up to all of the happenings of the previous three, including that pivotal scene where we see Geraldine getting kicked out of the bubble. Oh, before we even get to that, we we see that Darcy has a plan with the radios. So, you know, in the previous episodes, we had, Mm -hmm. you know, the voice calling out to Wanda and this and that. So that kind of that plays out with her getting Jimmy to use, you know, one of the machines or whatever to uh, try to communicate with Wanda while the song is playing. And he's, you know, she's watching the show while he is trying to communicate. And, you know, he's saying her name. He says exactly what, what is said through the radio. And that's where the, doing this to you. Right, the whole Dottie situation where, you know, she cuts her hand and this and that uh, Darcy sees that on screen, but then it just, goes and rolls to credits like it just like it's said but it just erases basically um and it happens more than once because it happens with monica when she gets booted out as well but going back to the whole jimmy woo you know trying to reach out to her darcy is like wait a minute what is going on here and she's like oh i guess it's nothing i guess the experiment failed even though we see that it like something happened it's just it just basically got erased like someone's yeah. censoring, someone's censoring the the show. And even that part, I I watched the episode a, a few times, like three times. And even that part, I don't know if you know black people are conspiracy theorists or whatever. But I was looking at that like, really, Darcy? I I felt like Darcy felt something more was going on in that moment because she she has a certain look on her face, and then. It's like a beat, and then she tells Jimmy, like, oh, it failed. But I feel like she might have a clue about what's happening. I think she recognizes the little, you know, 
Yeah, when we get to the end, when we paired with uh, Wanda clearly editing out, booting our girl, Monica, through a bookshelf, through a kitchen, through a right. wall, through, the through whole a window, <laughs> through the whole town, right. out of Westview. Like, I, I think maybe Darcy doesn't quite recognize, but I do think she knows more than what she tells Jimmy in that moment. And so now I'm look out to be honest, I'm looking at everybody like, they're a suspect. I don't think Darcy has a reason to be suspect in this because she's coming to this with the same information that everybody else is, which is not a lot, but I do think she's set up to be a very smart person and she can clearly see that something more is going on in a way that Jimmy can't (laughs) at the moment. And, And I don't know if that will be borne out, but I think she knows more than she's telling other people at this time. Yeah, I think that that might play out from what I recognize. It was just the fact that whatever happened, happened right in front of her and she was watching it. But she's also trying to analyze like, wait a minute, did that actually happen? And then we see it happen again when it comes to Monica being booted out like that. Literally, it just that doesn't get shown. It just rolls to credits. Um, right. You know, and she's trying to rewind and see what, what actually happened too. It's not even a roll to credits. It's like a glitch. Like it goes, if you deleted a whole like scene from something. So it's like, hey, we're here. Boop, right. We're she there. Just, she like, just it's disappears. Not even right. So um, they both recognize that her and um, Darcy and Jimmy recognize that as they're trying to rewind and see what exactly going, went on. But of course, like they said, like it seems as if someone's censoring the show and then it goes to, you know, Monica being blasted through the little bubble field, the membrane, as someone said, you know, and we see them, you know, the alarms go off and they, they go to grab her. She's on the grass and this and that. And she's saying, Oh, it's all Wanda, which for me, I think she believes that it is Wanda, but that might be a red herring or some type of misleading um, type of thing. um, Being that, you know, there very well could possibly be, you know, someone else manipulating the situation outside of Wanda and just using Wanda as a, you know, as a way to get whatever it is that they're trying to get. So for sure, I think this brings us to a natural place for one of our commenters. But I I also low key agree, even though on first watch, I'm like, nah, Wanda's doing all this. But I think if they showed us that Wanda is doing these things, that means Wanda's probably not solely doing these things. I think Agatha has a role to play in all of this, right. but she has to. This brings us this brings us to one of our commenters. Shout out to Will Will Wash three on Instagram. Um, he says, as it stands, Wanda is being made out to be the quote villain in the series after this episode, meaning episode four, but it will probably come out that someone is playing on her emotions and manipulating her somehow. But then you have small clips of her and DV, AKA dead vision protecting their home, either from sword or someone or something else. The beginning of episode four felt like the start of a Marvel feature. So this episode proved that it's still the Marvel production everyone has gotten used to and loved. I hope they add more details, though, about Rambo's character in Captain Marvel, too. So shout out to Will thinking that currently episode four is set out to make one of the the villain, but he doesn't think she'll quite be the villain. And I, I think that might be borne out. I think she definitely has a lot of 
control over this reality. We've seen that. She's able to edit things out of the sitcom WandaVision, even though she's not able to edit things out of the actual reality because even after she edits something out of the sitcom and they hear the alarm that Monica's coming, the audience, those of us still watching WandaVision sees like what actually occurred. So I think she's able to to edit out like the signal going out of Westview maybe, mm-hmm. but she's not able to edit all of the things within the Westview because we've seen people glitch. We've seen people say like, oh, you're not who you think we are. We've seen her acting a fool. We've seen uh, <laughs> Monica being like, your brother was killed by Ultron, even though she didn't want to. So you know, there is some level of control I feel like Wanda has, but I don't feel like she has total control. And I'm still, I'm still kind of, it's not bothered, but I'm still sort of like, ugh, the battery is in my back about the trailer when Agnes tells Vision that he's dead, right? Like, so at the end of this episode, when Wanda kicks um, Monica out of Westview And she kind of switches back to like, oh, hey, honey. And he's like, where's Geraldine, a.k.a. Monica? And she's like, oh, she had to go. She went went home. In a rush. And and when she looks at Vision, she sees Vision's like dead walking body. She sees Vision without the stone in his head. He's pale for an android, which he's he just looked. He's like a. He's he's like dusted. a. He's a he's a gray android. He has no his, his no life crushed in. He has like no his eyes are rolled back, but he's still talking. Like, oh, where's Geraldine? And she kind of has to snap and then herself. She snaps out of it, and then she sees him like as she wants to right. see him, which is like fully functioning vision. And then she's like, oh, she went home, la-di-da. Let's watch, what do you want to watch on TV? And then they sit down on the couch. With the kids. One is holding Tommy, one is holding Billy. But if you look at Vision's face, Vision looks like the jig is <laughs> I know he's an android. I know he's, I know he's emotionless. You mean when she's, she's picking up the baby and then they, they, uh, pan in on his face and he's just like mm. but then he smiles I mean he smiles this very weird smile and then yeah, when yeah, she's yeah. like what do you want to watch and then they sit down on the couch and they watch TV even though they're in a quote TV show he still looks pained right. for an android he right. still looks like something is not right which is what he said in the previous episode like he still knows Something is up because he tells her when he first comes in, he asks about Geraldine and all that. He's like, yo, we don't have to live here. We can live anywhere else. And Wanda's like, no, we can't. And then she cleans it up to be like, this is our home. But I don't think they can live anywhere else. Like, I think that's the truth. she has it all under control, too. And she has it all under control. I don't think they can live anywhere else because she's controlling this reality where he can be alive and they can have these children. And so it's not that it's just their home because they're clearly skipping from decade to decade. And I fully expect them in the next episode to be in the 80s. So it's not just Westview is their home. It's like Westview is protecting them in my opinion, from the harsh reality that Vision is dead, she don't got these kids, and it's 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 in shambles because, uh, like she told Thanos, he took everything from her. So I think she's protecting herself against that particular reality by setting up shop in Westview. 
Plus, it's close to, you know, where the Avengers, the Avengers headquarters. Right. So I, I also don't know if she's the one completely controlling it simply because they did not identify Agnes. They didn't mention Agnes. And we know Agnes is a witch. Right. And we know Agnes spills the beans to Vision that he's dead. So we'll see. So definitely there's some, you know, pieces to the puzzle that haven't been connected yet. Um, we have... Well, yeah, Agnes definitely has a a major role with her character, so that is that is just to be expected. I don't; she's not a throwaway character at all. So there's definitely going to be some tie-in with her, possibly her her husband, whoever that may turn out to be, whether it's it's Mephisto or you know some other entity, dark entity that's basically using this as an opportunity to maybe pop into this reality. Who knows? You know, we all we know the multiverse of madness is coming, so. That might play a part in everything. Also, I actually, I wanted to touch on the whole uh, Hydra stuff with the commercials. Speak on it. You know, we see a couple of commercials that reference Hydra. We also know that Hydra infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. And also when it came to Wanda and her, her brother, they were using them to basically fight the Avengers as well. So I'm not sure if this is going to be a war on multiple fronts. We also know Hydra is supposed to return in uh, one of the series that's coming up, uh, maybe the Winter Soldier, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier series, I believe. So with Wanda and her brother being uh, part of their experiments and this and that, they were essentially, you know, working for them. And we just know that Hydra is a villainous organization. Um, There's also the question that, you know, these people who are within this uh, reality, uh, whether they're dead, whether they're just maybe they're Kree or um, scrolls, I should say, we don't know yet. Um, We don't know if that's even going to pan out at all. So there's there's different definitely some some theories and some things that could be borne out. But personally, I think that, you know, there is a looming entity There is a looming presence, I should say, that is using Wanda, not just on the inside of the bubble, but also that has a presence on the outside of the bubble, as we saw with the sheriffs, just not even acknowledging that Westview even exists, which is just weird. And then there's Agnes, um, who we know knows what's going on. So, you know, what's her actual role? Like, is she is she going to have her typical role of being the mentor or is she also being played by? somebody and just putting this whole thing together for their own purposes and just watching it play out. Um, I think in terms of Agnes, I think that brings us back to episode three and what Herb was going to say, which maybe not we're all dead, which was (laughs) my hypothesis um, because we know vision is dead, but maybe he was going to say we're all trapped or we're all held hostage here because we know that people who go into this Westview bubble apparently don't go out until they're kicked out by Wanda. So I think that gives us a big clue about who's mostly in charge, but maybe not who's fully in charge. Um, And also maybe Wanda was given a choice, like go here and live this life with vision or be locked away for being too powerful or being a villain or whatever, or maybe her and Agnes teamed up to, to be in this reality together. Maybe that's why Agnes put the kibosh on Herbert Sherbert spilling the beans in episode three, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. There's, you know, even with the context given 
with this episode and its relevancy to everything that has transpired thus far, we still have a lot of questions. And I know I'm definitely excited to see what's what goes on, especially when it comes to the kids. You know, that looks like a plot device basically to wreak even more havoc um, on Wanda, being that she has she's very you know, she's gone through a lot. She, you know, her mental state is kind of unraveling to a degree at this point. And, it, and, it's, and it's getting worse, I should say. Anytime there is a, you know, a breakdown, it, it gets worse. So we saw, you know, Dottie getting her hand cut. We see uh, Monica getting basically blasted. Like Wanda literally used her powers, her actual, you know, I'm fighting you powers on Geraldine you know, which we have not seen in the, in the series as of yet. Yeah. She went full Scarlet Witch on, on Geraldine. Right. Right. To address the whole villain thing. I think maybe she'll become a villain by default, being that her mental state may not be steady and with wanting what it is that she wants so bad that she's willing to basically tear everything down, which if she's being played herself as well, which could be the pawn of whoever else is, you know, trying to manipulate the situation and then also putting a squeeze on her in that way and possibly using her kids as a way to do that as well. So which could eventually just make her against her against everybody per se and not per se a an actual villain, but just you know, I'm I'm done with with everything, which is something that actually happens in the comic books when it comes to what is it? House of M, actually, which is what I want. I wanted to touch on that uh, last episode, but I'll just briefly go over it. House of M, you know, the X-Men and the Avengers get together because Wanda's mental state is is deteriorating and her powers are are too strong, like to the point where if you have a crazy person with these powers, the whole universe <laughs> is at uh, stake basically so they got together and was like well maybe we should just kill her which is you know crazy but sometimes you got to do what you got to do people die every day b but um you have professor x you know they they actually was like yo how about we just talk to her you know professor x goes to talk to her he disappears after that everyone pretty much wakes up in their in a reality where they got everything that they wanted. So you see Spider-Man with Gwen Stacy, you see Cyclops with Emma Frost, you see Wolverine, he remembers everything. And, you know, there's a few other people involved, definitely. Eventually they figure out, okay, so there's something wrong with this because this is not how it should be. Um, Especially Wolverine being that he remembers everything, which is something that he generally does not. So recognizing that he's the one to, you know, seek out other people, they get, you know, woken up. Basically, Magneto is like the, I guess, ruler of the world, basically, (laughs) which is weird because that's what he really wants. He wants all the power and this and that mutants to have, you know, superiority and this and that. So they seek him out. He understands like, okay, what happened? And it was Quicksilver, her brother, which told her like, yeah, they're going to kill you, but they may not if you just give them everything that they want. So that's why she created this this reality for everyone and everyone got what they want. Magneto ends up basically killing Quicksilver, which throws you know, Wanda over the rails. And in her in her fury, she's basically like, uh, no, no more mutants. And it wasn't just directed at Magneto. It was directed at everybody on Earth. So you had 
what, like 90 some percent of all mutants losing their power. There's only like, like maybe 200 mutants still that had powers. Um, so to tie that into, you know, the series, it's like, okay, if this looming entity or whoever it is that's possibly standing to gain something from things going to hell, basically, she may end up doing something like that or something similar that results in this big catastrophic action, you know, from her. And, you know, with being a villain, I should say, I wouldn't particularly categorize it as a villain, but just her really trying to protect herself. And with a slipping mind, mm -hmm. she is, uh, you know, she's just trying to basically do the best that she can. I just hope that they don't. And I don't think they will kind of go into the whole like, oh, crazy woman stereotype. Right. Like She's so crazy because her lover <laughs> was murdered and now she's lost her mind um, trope. I hope they don't veer into that, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I really, I really hope they don't. But I have faith that um, WandaVision has, the WandaVision, the actual Disney Plus show, has cultivated a lot of women in their writer's room. Um, it's, created, it's created by a woman named Jack Schaefer, who's also serving as showrunner, I believe. So I hope they, you know, they're oh, more yeah. aware mm. and make it more complicated than veering into like, oh, this woman lost her her lover, so now she's going to scorch earth everybody and kill everything because she's now crazy. I have more faith in Game that, but I hope they don't go there. Uh. <sighs> I'm still justice for Daenerys, okay? Justice for hashtag justice for Daenerys. <laughs> Before we wrap up, which I feel like this has been our longest episode so far, even though all these <laughs> WandaVision episodes in general, like 30 minutes anyway, but I just think we were both so excited to finally start getting some concrete information and answers about what's going on in this world. Um, but before we log off, I do want to give a couple shout outs. I want to give a shout out. Um, to my former Black Girl Watching co-host, Brooke Obi, who said that she absolutely would not be watching WandaVision without our podcast. And so it's helped her to understand it um, and understand the show a lot more as somebody like me, comic book normie, casual Marvel viewer. I also want to give a shout out to Marco, who had a question slash maybe a comment. And I'm going to turn this over to you, uh, Raja, because I don't know anything about the comic books, okay? Uh, Marco's comment slash question was, do we know how Wanda and Pietro got their powers in the MCU since they weren't allowed to be called mutants? I wonder if they can end up being mutants now considering like, I think Disney slash Marvel has gotten the rights back to the X-Men. Right. What do you think about all this? Um, What we see in Age of Ultron uh, when we're first introduced to them, they were being experimented on by uh, Baron Strucker. So with the the mind stone was being used on them, which supposedly unlocked their latent abilities, which really would make them mutants. They just couldn't use the term mutants because of the rights to that being with uh, Fox. So they actually, like I said, they couldn't refer to them as mutants. But what we see is their powers were unlocked or their latent abilities were unlocked by the Mind Stone, which in turn would create or which in turn would be a mutation. So 
we can we can we can say that they are mutants, mutate, um, mutant variant, uh, whatever you want to call it. But definitely there is some form of mutation in it. And I guess now that those rights um, are given or where, you know, Disney has those rights, they can expand on all of that, which I also believe, you know, with Wanda, we're going to see the introduction of mutants in the MCU some way, somehow. And that's one thing that I, I really can't can't wait for. Before we sign off, Raja, do you have any more? You had a lot of comments this episode. I kind of fell back and, and let you rock because, you know, you're the comic book guy. I'm the normie. Because black guys rock. Sure. Before we, <laughs> I love y'all. I love I love y'all. Anyway, this is not that type of podcast. Before we sign off, did you have anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah. Um. So I guess we're going to get into the the eighties. Um. I'm excited for that to see what shows they incorporate in that, and also if it's going to be a split between, you know, the whole you know, 80s sitcom vibe and then what we're also going to be seeing on the other side of the coin in uh, S.W.O.R.D. and the other agencies trying to figure things out. So hopefully that does happen. I'm not sure if the episodes are going to be a little bit longer. I would wish that they would be or will we be going back into the we're going to give you a lot of questions mode. So we only have maybe what, five episodes left, I believe. Yes, five for this season. So things, you know, things have kind of progressed very fast, even with the short amount of time these episodes are. So great episode. Loved it. Thought it was amazing. And it definitely gave some context. I agree. I thought that this episode was much needed um, for people who were not as dedicated as myself to kind of sticking to it. We got some answers. I also have some more questions like when is Monica's powers going to kick in? I feel like I mentioned that earlier. Um, What's up with Agnes? Free Herbert Sherbert. I need, you know, I'm just curious to see what it's about. I'm glad that Monica wasn't pushed to the side as some like marginal character. Basically, episode four was uh, a lot about her. Um, She precipitated it and she kicked it off she was a catalyst and she was in it throughout so i'm i'm curious to see more of monica rambo jimmy woo jimmy uh, darcy obviously wanda and vision and the rest of the merry bunch once again we would love your feedback questions comments theories you can hit us up on instagram and twitter at we be watching pod you can also shoot us an email at we be watching pod at gmail.com we be watching please subscribe <laughs> on your favorite podcast platform uh, we're on apple we're on spotify we're on google Podcasts. we're on pocket cast i think that's the name of it we're we're everywhere so please subscribe we're also on youtube let us know your thoughts. Leave comments. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us with that good five-star review plus a comment. It helps us spread the word and let people know about the podcast. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate everyone who has listened so far. It's been really amazing to just hear from you on social media. We appreciate it. And we're looking forward to hearing from you more. I think that's it, right? That's it. OG Raja D. I'm out. Okay, I'm Brittany Danielle, and this is We Be Watching. Yay, yay!